Welcome once again, baseball fans. It is time for the Running the Bases podcast. I'm Tucker Wells, joined as always by Coach Jordan Bounds. Coach, how are you good, sir? Pretty good, pretty good. Yeah, kind of a rainy Tuesday here, but the weather in Atlanta has been beautiful over it the has. last week or it, so. It has, it has. Yeah, the, the spring is actually holding on just a little bit longer. It's which, been beautiful. It's been a beautiful month. Yeah, which makes me happy. Well, all right, well, let's dive right into baseball. we got a lot to talk about today. Um, we're going to go first to third on brawling, given what happened in Texas on Sunday. So let's get going out of the box with our good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, starting with the good. The 2016 Philadelphia Phillies uh, currently have, I believe, the third best record in the National League. Who would have thought? I mean, it's what an amazing rebuild. I, I mean, I don't think they're going to continue with this, but it's they've been it's been great. Well, let's let me give you a couple of uh, statistical things here. Um, they're four and two against the Nationals. They've had some really good wins along the way, but four and two against the Nationals. Uh, including a three-game sweep in Washington. Um, and on the pitching side of it, what do you think of Aaron Nola? You know, uh, we were in spring training. We uh, When we went to a Phillies uh, affiliate, we saw there were posters of him all over the place. Right, uh, yeah. He, um, you know, I'm sure if you're in Philadelphia, he's not much of a surprise. Right, yeah. Um, the guy that we were the most impressed, I remember, was uh, Franco, right. the uh, uh, third baseman. Uh, he kind of arrived last year, and he's doing well. But uh, on the hitting side of things, um, Adubal Herrera. Am I saying right. that right? I think so. Man, he's not only a uh, – does he qualify for the rookie of the year this year? I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you. Well, he's an MVP candidate right. at the very least. and uh, uh, It's middle of May. Well, I understand. Yeah, that's it's not true. Crown anybody yet? Right. There's a long way to go to yeah. uh, to say the least. Let me get an adjustment there. Brian Harper, uh, Bryce Harper was on Jimmy Kimball. Uh, right. Not a scruble. Right. No, that's a that's a good point. Um, you know, you have to curry the uh, the public attention as well. And um, I think uh, Bryce is still older than Herrera. <laughs> is he? <laughs> which is amazing. Yeah, 24 years old uh, for Herrera, and I think Bryce is only what 23. Yeah, I think, yeah. Yeah. Um, you said that the other way around, but. Right. What I meant to say was Bryce Harper is younger than Herrera and has been playing for several years more. Right. Um, but anyway, so real quick, what do you think is the uh, potential ceiling for the Phillies this year? Third place. Third place? You in think the there's division. Any, in the division, but is there any chance that that is a. Because that's a wild card right now. No, I don't think they will. No. No, I, uh, I can't believe that they would be end up they would end up better than two teams in the central division right um well i mean if they're let's say they are better than the pirates and the uh cardinals come you know middle of july are you making a trade or are you gonna just stay the course with oh, all this young yeah talent? i think yeah sure if you yeah middle of july they'll do what they need to do philadelphia has always been a win now type of town yeah and they deserve it i mean with the 76ers and the Circus of the Eagles, you know, it's good. The Phillies are a long-suffering organization. Yeah. I mean, and we've rooted against them for years and years and years. Right. But it's I, I look at them as one of those teams that when they're good, it's better for the game at large. Right. I'll go along with that. All right. Um, so now to uh, the bad. The New York Yankees. How great is this? To watch this Yankee season unfold for those of us in Braves country and, and the like. I, I've seen this happen with the Yankees before. After 64, 
they just totally collapsed. And I, mean, I, I grew up with the Yankees always being there in October, always. Uh, I think right. 59 was, you know, an exception. Uh, and then they just fell off the cliff. And they weren't good for years until Steinbrenner came in and uh, turned them around some. And it ultimately is bad for baseball. I agree. I don't, uh, you know, they're evil empire number one, always have been. But the Yankees need to be good, just as it, the Dodgers need to be good. Those right. two organizations. Uh, the Red Sox can be a tragedy. You know, they can be, you know, the the answer to opera questions. Uh, right. I think baseball is actually better when they are. Uh, right. But uh, the Yankees, you have to pull against them or for them, one way or the other. It's the brand of baseball. You go anywhere in the world and you see tourists or you see locals and they're always wearing Yankee hats. Right. You know, so. A couple of Red Sox hats maybe and, right. and the occasional uh, – do you think that with how good the Cubs are right now, and let's assume that this goes on for many years, that you'll start seeing more Cubs hats in the well, part uh, world of it, at large? Part of it's because it's New York. Right. It's but the gateway yeah. into the United States. You know, uh, sure. New York means, you know, uh, you're, if you were seeing Israeli hats, they would be for Jerusalem, not Tel Aviv. Uh, right, right. Yeah, and if you're seeing France hats, it'd probably be for Paris and not, you know, Godog. Yeah, probably so. Right. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I just, I haven't seen the Yankees be this bad in certainly in my lifetime or in my, uh, you know, years as a baseball fan. And it's just, it's so blatant comeuppance for signing all these veterans to these huge contracts past their primes. A Rod is a disaster do you think that uh he is uh gonna make it through the the rest of the year will he retire uh mid-season uh, i think he's uh it's moot well yeah you know I, I don't really care uh the uh i think it's interesting that tanaka won't go ahead and have surgery you know right yeah uh, big question is is sabathia how good will this 48 year old pitcher be when he comes back you know uh, you know i no well let me give you some fun stats because again i'm really i'm really enjoying this um they're three of their top five starters and i use the word top loosely um Evaldi has a 485 era uh pineda a 628 and then severino oh and six with a 746 era and uh, the power outage, even in that Yankee Stadium Super Hitters Park, is noteworthy. But, I mean, I don't know. You look around that lineup. Um, how long uh, does this funk for the Yankees last? Are they just going to wait until all these contracts are either expiring, expired, and then wait for Bryce Harper to become available? Well, we we had not this coming year, but the year after we have a big free agent year, twenty eighteen, right? right? And that's always been their way. Um, and the uh, they're going to look at the landscape of things when the new CBA comes out, see what they can do, uh, and uh, they will be a proactive team with a lot of resources. Sure. So. Uh 
how would uh, the boss have? Is he just spinning in his grave to the point where he's now drilling a hole all the way to China? I mean, he wouldn't have put up with this. I can pretty much bet that Joe Girardi would not be the manager. You know, right, I, I'm yeah. not. You know, and I'm not saying that he's not the best person for the job, uh, but the boss would have been firing people. Oh yeah, Cashman would have been gone a long time ago. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, d- but his relationship with players was never a positive thing. You know, with Winfield, what you know, the the feuds where uh, that existed, and uh, with. Um, the, uh, with Reggie, you know, and uh, not it wasn't just Billy Martin and Bob Lemon and the managers. It was players as well. Uh, what would he be doing with A-Rod? Oh, my goodness. Right, you know, yeah. Uh, you, you can't – different world, different time. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean – Nick Swisher would probably be, probably be the manager right now. You know? <laughs> <laughs> He'd be a player manager. And that would be great. I mean, honestly, that would be, be fantastic. Be fun. I'd be okay with that. Well, remains to be seen, but I want a player manager back in baseball. Yeah, I would be I'd be okay with that. Uh Nick Swisher's a good who else would do you think would would be a good fit? Oh, right now? Right uh, now, yeah. Uh, uh, I, I haven't given that any thought whatsoever cuz uh AJ? The uh oh no, no. No. <laughs> no. Uh you know, they, they kind of asked Chipper about the, the other day whether he could play, you know, at all. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't catch that. That's pretty funny. Well, it, it was. Uh, I mean, he was. He just said he couldn't imagine himself going to the weight room and getting in shape uh, in player <laughs> shape, but he still thinks he could hit. Yeah, Barry Bonds probably would have a similar argument. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Well, it's just it's amazing to see. I never thought I'd see the day where the Yankees are dead last with no hopes of coming out of the cellar. So. The Red Sox were last three out of the last four years sure but like you said at the at the beginning of this discussion of the yankees that's okay yeah, like the is. red sox you kind of expect certain things like that um all right well let's go to the ugly which is also our first to third which is the big story in baseball right now um uh roof ned or odor am i saying that right uh, I couldn't give you the real pronunciation of the first name. Right. R- Runed. Um, yeah. well, anyway, Odor and Bautista uh, squared up in uh, an epic brawl on Sunday. Um, let me ask you this first. Uh, what was more impressive to you, Odor's punch or Bautista staying on his feet? <laughs> the... Uh... <laughs> It may it did show that Bautista could take a punch because he yeah. had a full punch. Um, that is no lie. The uh, so, uh, but that punch was cinematic. I mean, it was. That's better than Rocky's. They got all four the through six camera angles on it and everything. Right. Yeah. The the follow through and the fact that Joey Bats's helmet flies off and, and O'Dor's yeah. right. Um, well, okay. So now the discussion. Where are we with with brawls in baseball? Uh, because you know we're at the time of the year where the Stanley Cup playoffs are going on, and it's certainly fighting is a very much a part of hockey. Um, and yet, you know, baseball is coming under all this criticism about unwritten rules. You know, something like Sunday happens. How do you? How did you feel about it? Oh, it's so immature. It's so petty. Oh, uh, the just between Rangers and Blue Jays, or everybody, every all of it. I mean, Odor supposedly showing exception to Joey Bat's bat flip, which 
was great. You know, if you can't flip a bat in a decision game in the playoffs in the seventh inning at home when you put your team and the Rangers are crying like, you know, uh, like somebody killed their firstborn child. Uh, this is, <laughs> it, it's absurd. Uh, Odor has a history of this sort of stuff. He's a punk. We've seen him do this in the minor leagues as well. Uh, Joey Bass also is for what we've, there's an undertone in baseball. There are a lot of people in baseball that don't like him. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and I, uh, but he likes a lot of people on Twitter. Yes, he does. Yeah. Right, you know, uh, Chinese administration. Uh, the uh, I, but the whole idea of, of fights in baseball, I, I think. Well, first of all, these unwritten rules. Uh, Bryce Harper is right. We got to make baseball fun. That bat flip was great. If you can't flip it like that at that time, when are you ever going to be able to do it? Um, this is, you know, now when McCann you know, stops Carlos Gomez from, wasn't it Gomez? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. public from, enemy number one. Yeah, uh, from coming home, I was like, yeah, you know, and right. I was all for it. But no, not anymore. This is. This is antiquated. It is backwards behavior. It is Roger McDowell five or six years ago saying something about gay people in San Francisco. Right. Uh, I mean, it, it is uh, as a people, as a society, we have uh, gone beyond this sort of thing. This is, you know, baseball rules are right there with the HB2 rule in North Carolina, you know. Uh, the uh it's the uh i mean it's time to make baseball fun i'm surprised by a lot of this i gotta say because you're you're i'm a traditionalist uh, yeah uh yes but uh the um no some it's gone it's gone too far when the brawls you know we, we were talking about this and what were the worst brawls that uh you know we've seen in this sort of thing and uh Admittedly, they were uh, at the time they were fun. Some of them, sure, but the worst ones become incredibly dangerous, you know. And uh, suppose, uh, you know, look at the Braves' fate if they uh, late in the year somebody throws at somebody's head and uh, they get in a fight and Dansby Swanson's just been brought up and somebody crushes his knee, you know, uh, in a yeah. fight like this. I mean, you know, the, these things, uh, well, Joey yeah. bats himself on a contract year, right? right. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Uh, you're right. Well, one of the most infamous, uh, uh, games that featured a, a brawl actually featured multiple and was dubbed the bean brawl game. Uh, August of 1984, right here in Atlanta, Georgia. Were you at that game? No, it happened in San Diego. No, it was here. It was at uh, Fulton County. Are you sure? Oh, yeah, yeah. Braves and Padres. It was uh, the fans uh, in Atlanta oh, throwing debris into the Padres dugout. Um, this one with Pasqual Pasqua and everything. And sure. Yeah. Uh, waving I'll, I'll, the bat. Oh, okay. I'll look I'll, it up I'll to make right. sure, but... The, uh, you remember that game? Oh, I of think course. it is one of the worst ones ever. I mean, and part of it was because you had somewhat of a loose cannon in Pascual Perez. Uh, sure. The uh, 
the thing, the image I'll remember the most out of that is Bob Horner suiting up and coming out onto the field while he's on the disabled list, you know, but with, you know, a cast on his wrist and he suits up and comes out, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's real Brian McCann, too. Sure. Uh, but and I'm not I'm not saying this against McCann. I mean, you know, but times have changed. It was uh, here's some facts. Okay. It was uh, uh, at in Atlanta, okay, so Fulton County August, Stadium. Yeah. Three bench clearing incidences, thirteen ejections, five arrests. Yeah, five arrests. So. Oh, it's considered one of the worst. I mean, it, and it, it was. It was. I mean, and it was dangerous. You had Perez waving a bat around. You sure. Know? Uh, that's that's a deadly weapon. Right. Well, th- that brings me to a point. You know, because. You say these unwritten rules have to go and that this is antiquated and uncivilized and so on and so forth. But then there's hockey, right, where fighting is not only part of the game, they allow it to take place. Um, Is it because that baseball has weapons that are like essentially a baseball is a missile traveling at 90 miles an hour and a bat is like a sword being waved around that could truly end someone's life with intent? Is that why it's so, I don't know, uh, frowned upon more than hockey? Where, well, hockey has always been the exception. You know, I mean, right. if you come onto the court in the NBA, you're gone. Ever since Rudy Tomjanovich went down, you know, for the count, uh, you know, there's like no fighting in basketball, and uh, there are very few more lethal weapons than a giant's fist, uh, which is what you have in the NBA. Uh, football, you got all these pads on, you know, so well, fights are kind of... And the game is about tackling, so... <laughs> the uh, But, I mean, it is, you know, in, in the... Knowledge, we used to relish in watching football games that tremendous hits that were, you know... Uh, where somebody's bell was rung, you know? But, sure. Uh, this is, you know, there's a commercial on that talks about how every dog is a, is a wolf when it's born. It's part wolf or something, you know? So they're <laughs> selling some sort of dog food that appeals to wolves or I don't know. Man, uh, that sounds awesome. But the I, same, I want some, I'm sold. I'll take some right now. The same thing is true with humans. There is the gladiator past is a part of us there is this kind of uh violence streak that we all have but our you know uh the angels of our better intent should go beyond this you know yeah that's true i can and see he, that and and even in sport and stuff where we can appreciate the aesthetic and the beauty and uh, everything of sports without having to see somebody's bell get rung you know <laughs> and the same thing is, is true. we have a sport devoted to that boxing yeah, so yeah right and now mma which is right I don't know what you would call that. Um, I mean, I, I I remember going to a game uh, uh, in, in, when I was in high school, and it was uh, Braves and Phillies, and multiple brawls, uh, you know, fights broke out during that game. And I was truly disgusted as a fan, and I was disgusted as other fans were getting riled up by this. Um, when I watched the Toronto game last year against the Rangers, that was the, the seeds of what took place right. this weekend, this past weekend. I was appalled. I was I was just, you know, just sick to my stomach to see uh, how that crowd was getting so hostile and really calling for violence. Um, there is always that kind of mob mentality when you right. are, you know, I mean, it is the fervor that has 
created the end zone at Oakland games and the dog pound in Cleveland. It is, uh, it's, it's a part of who we are. And maybe that is why when you see a fight in baseball versus any other sport, it seems more frightening because it's truly a mob. I mean, in hockey, they do let it, you know, all right, you two sort this out and then you're both going to go to the penalty box. But in baseball, it's going to take on mob mentality between the players um, so I can see that. And I can see, again, how the fact that um, the weaponry that is available in baseball, unlike other sports, makes it seem that much more medieval and dangerous. Although we are in a Game of Thrones culture as well. So, you know, but uh, that's neither here nor there. Was there ever a time that you felt that, you know, fights and brawls um, were an important part of the psychological uh, advantage in baseball? For instance, A-Rod versus Veritek in 2004. You know, Jason Veritek goes at A-Rod, who everyone in Boston hates with a passion at that moment. Um, turned the season around for the Red Sox. By by many accounts, that was the big turning point. That's the one that everyone looks to. That's when that season really got going for the Red Sox, and they go on to rewrite history. I do think uh, there are things that bring teams together uh that unify teams and a fight can certainly do that uh the um there are i'm going to get off the track for a second but like that's I, fine that's why I, it's a podcast yeah, right. so the uh for i used to take kids to europe all the time first trip i take you know we're going to london paris and rome i thought it was gonna be a one-time deal uh hit the big three in uh, Paris, we got in this huge fight where bottles were broken and knives were pulled and everything. And I'm like horrified. I, you know, we had a kid lose a tooth, uh, a broken nose, but we pretty much uh, wrecked havoc on Paris. Uh, <laughs> but still, after, you know, I'm just still horrified by all of this. Uh, and um, one of the only times my son and I have ever fought together. Uh, but, but, uh, but, I'm going to not assume that you fought against no, each other no, no, no. several we, we times. We were fighting so. Parisians whose names we did not know. <laughs> okay. And um, the, uh, but I, after every trip, I always ask kids what was their favorite part of the trip. You know, what was the, their favorite thing they did? To every one of them said the fight, you know, and uh, even the one who lost his tooth. Uh, you know, and the one who had a broken nose, both of them were as like the fight was. Uh, there is something about this that is innate within us. Uh, the uh, when you are in a fight, uh, you afterwards there there is like an exhilaration inside of you. I mean, you always hurt, even if you quote win in quote uh, the fight. You're you're always hurting, even if, at least your hands are, but. There's something in us that, I mean, in a fight can bring together a team. Sure it can. Uh, there are other things that can bring together a team. seems like the White Sox were brought together by Adam LaRoche's uh, kid this year, you know, of all things. Sure. Uh, so, but... Uh, or a squirrel running across the field, you right, know? Right, right. can be a monkey, perhaps. Right. Uh, so, I mean, I, I don't think uh, in 65 when uh, McCovey... Uh, or not McCovey, when Marischal hits Roseboro over the head with a bat, I don't think that brought either team together, you know. Uh, you know, most fight, and 
the fight you're talking about with uh, in Atlanta was that 84? 84, yeah. 84, yeah. Uh, well, they were kind of kind of a together team. By the way, there's the biggest, all these biggest brawls. How many times Joe Torrey is there? You know, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I was, I as I was compiling a list of of, of famous or infamous brawls to talk about. 2003 with uh, Pedro and the Zimmer right. was like top of the list, and that was. Where does that rank to you? I mean, as far as awful scenes go, Pedro Martinez throwing an 80-year-old Don Zimmer. 72, I think, or 74. Well, when Pedro and Zim went at it, it was 2003. Zimmerman, a bench coach for the Yankees. Right. So what did did you... uh, Yeah, but he wasn't 80 yet. Oh, he was getting close to it or something. Right, right. He was an old man. He was an old man. And Pedro's throwing him to the ground. Was that the most horrific scene you've seen in a a fight, a baseball fight? No, no, no. Marischal well, hitting yeah, Roseboro is the, without a doubt. Uh, was it the most shameful, maybe, or the it, most embarrassing? It was bad, but it, it was kind of like uh, Pedro. And I've Pedro started the whole thing. He's the one that's throwing everybody's head all the time. Uh, the uh, but he was just kind of like trying to push Zimmer out of the way, and Zimmer. You know, he was. Zimmer went charging. He, he was, I mean, he was a crazy old man coming at him. Pedro's pushing him away, <laughs> and he, he went flying, you know. Uh, it's like one of those hits where you hit somebody in football, and you're like, I did that? As you saw the guy go flying through the air, you know. All right. So, it was a bit of an ole. And, you know, right. Joey Bats coming in with his hands down. That was that was his own fault yeah. in a lot of ways. That was his own fault. Um, You know, so are we... You know, you talk about there's something inside us that, you know, is the fight or flight surge, the adrenaline. And certainly when you have testosterone fueled men playing this game of competition, um, it's going to escalate to this point, especially considering that Joey Bats went hard into Odor. Before that, you had Prince Fielder getting beaned. And then you go back to last year, so on and so forth. And last year being a playoff game, the emotions running high Anyway, how do we expect baseball to stop this or players to to I don't know, do we do they all have to take sensitivity courses at the beginning of the year or no, I you will. The NBA stopped it. Well, that's true. Um the NBA stopped it and it used to be a big problem. Yeah. They're like you don't get to play anymore uh ever. Uh, right. So, I mean, you can stop it. Uh so much depends on the CBA again. Uh the you know they're sliding into second, not nearly as significant as a brawl that uh, of that magnitude. We have to realize that fights have always been there in baseball. Probably they're less now than they have ever been. Uh, yeah, you know, I, yeah. The uh, the stories of some of the old players, you know, and the aughts and stuff. Uh, the uh, and I, I remember. Uh, the uh, growing up hearing uh, a story where Frank Robinson slid into Ed Matthews really hard at third, and as he popped up, Eddie Matthews popped him back down. And you know, Frank Robinson was just such a fierce player, but Eddie Matthews didn't take anything from everybody. Anyway, uh, and, and I thought that was so cool, you know. Right. But now I don't, you know. I mean, and I, I think uh, it is time for baseball to follow the lead of the country now maybe they're not the vanguard you know yeah Uh, but well on the suspensions that's a great point i mean if you think about how 
uh, with the PEDs, although that's reared its ugly head again, of course. Um, but it, I mean, would you think a 50 game suspension for initiating such a fight or considering the, uh, uh, the cinematic element of Odor's punch on Bautista, is that something that you would suspend him for a year or kick him out of baseball? If, if... Oh, no, I don't think you can kick him out of baseball, but yeah, I, I also don't think that punch is any worse than Pedro throwing at somebody's head. Right. Uh, that's and, a great point. And, um, no, you shouldn't charge the mound. Uh, that should never be allowed. But likewise, uh, that a pitch around the head at 100 miles an hour uh, by somebody who has pinpoint control. I'm not talking about Randy Johnson when he was at Montreal, you know. Uh, sure. But uh, the... Uh, no. Uh, and Pedro's following in the footsteps of several other pitchers. Nolan Ryan threw at your head all the time. So did Gibson. So did Dries. I mean, you know, uh, the... Uh, Do you think that this may be something that could uh, spur the removal of the DH? If it's... Uh, or is that too archaic of a thought that like, oh, well, if the, pitchers, li- if the I, pitchers hit, they will, they will have the fear of God that they'll get thrown at? Uh, you would think that that uh, I, you know there's there probably has been a study as to how many uh, the percentage of hit batsmen in the American League versus the National League, uh, and I bet there are more percentage-wise in the American League, uh, even taking into the account of the ninth place hitter. Uh, but uh, that's getting back to the old unwritten rules of baseball that right. you threw at our guy we'll throw at your guy no you shouldn't be throwing at anybody's head period you can go in tight brush somebody back you know and uh but you shouldn't be throwing at somebody's head and there are pitchers that have made a living off that forever right that's uh i would of baseball you know, high and tight and low and away <laughs> right it's part of baseball but we need to uh, amputate that part i guess not amputated we have it removed controlled yeah through uh through suspension perhaps i don't know we'll see um one other thing where you were talking about how fights can spur on a team and this falls you know one of the most visual fights of all time is the pete rose bud harrelson sure which occurs in the playoffs and there aren't many that occur in the playoffs yeah involving Uh, the reds and uh mets i think twice over because wasn't their big fight in 85 yeah is that a playoff game uh no that that was davis versus knight i think that was just the regular season anyway yeah uh, 1973 pete rose was the catalyst for that that team they didn't all like him you know but right uh but he was the one that came in and threw dirt in your face before the game started and uh he would take on anybody you know uh the uh he ends a catcher's career in an all-star game you know uh the uh it's, it was maniacal but it also was the catalyst for that team what well, you know whatever you want to say about it so could that could this sort of thing stir you on Sure. Uh, the uh, But sometimes we have to, you know, it, it's going to take a long time for an athlete to start seeing what's happening here. Look at how long it's taken for uh, the NFL to realize that they got people dropping dead left and right because they're getting hit on the head all the time. Uh, right. They, I, I heard somebody today, who, or I mean uh, this weekend, who 
I, I forgot his name, but he was like somebody who's like half past dead from the concussions. And he was like, but if Cleveland calls the day, I'd go play again. You know, right. Like, the gladiator, oh, you know, you know, you're, you're a vegetable now. Uh, I, you, yeah, <laughs> it takes a long time to get this kind of mentality out of them. Uh, so, yeah. And, and if you, if you, you have to oppose it young, that's for sure. Right, it yeah. has to be established from an early age, little league, that you know, fighting is not a part of the game, and and you know, safety first. To put it overtly cliche, I always try and shy away from using actual war references to compare to things like sports, because you know, war is hell. Um, but I knew a close friend of my father's who was on the front lines in Vietnam, and said that getting shot at is one of the most exhilarating experiences ever. And you've seen certainly movies and documentaries about that element of PTSD, the hurt locker even. And so, yeah, there's a, there's, there's a deep psychological trench that comes from having your life threatened and then being able to, to fight back. Um, and, uh, everybody has a fear of the baseball, right? When you play the game, you know, that somebody's throwing a ball really fast, you're awake. You're not just up there, you know. Uh, there've been basketball players that, uh, and, and football players, you know. Who is it? Uh, Randy, uh, um, what's his name? Receiver, Randy. Uh, Randy Moss. Randy Moss said, you know, he got so much trouble saying that he took some plays off, you know. Sure. Uh, and uh, Iverson did the same sort of thing. Right. Yeah. Uh, but these, you don't take a pitch off in baseball. It could kill you. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, so, I mean, you are always aware. Well, uh, all of this just leads to this is going to be an incredibly fascinating collective bargaining agreement uh, that's going to have to be ratified or negotiated. Um, there are so many things piling on at this yeah. point. Uh, I, I heard today that uh, the speed of games has slowed. So the game itself is now running about nine minutes longer on average than uh, last year with all these pace of play rules and stuff that went into effect last year. And that replays are taking longer and longer yeah. because of all these new slide rules and things like that. So I don't know. It, all this, all this, uh, these huge you issues going on. Overregulate the game either. I mean, and that's yeah. uh, the uh, the sphere with the uh, the replays. I think my my problem. We can revisit replays at another time. But well, I sure. Think yeah. it, it has really decreased uh, the ability or the umpiring in general. Right. You know, they rely on it now. Uh, I want to add one thing. When you were talking about your good, the bad, the ugly. Yeah. I think there's a real good. Uh, in that you look at tonight, and you know we have Mad Max throwing against Thor, and Bumgardner's throwing, and Kershaw's throwing, and uh, what's his name in Houston is throwing. And, you know, and, and there's so many good young players right now, and so many good pitchers. You look at a, I, I'm, I can't wait to watch uh, the Nationals play the Mets tonight. You know, two teams right. that I really don't like. Right. You know, yeah. But, Likewise. Uh, but what a great game that will be. Oh, sure. I mean, baseball needs to really uh, take advantage of just how many great ballplayers there are right now, young ballplayers with seemingly unlimited potential. Um, and so because of that point alone, I personally am all for doing whatever it takes to speed up the game and 
remove these black eyes, no pun intended. Notice, so. uh, I think, another story over the week uh, with the extended backstops everywhere. The bat goes over the top of one in uh, Fenway and still hits somebody. Yeah. yeah. There's only so much you can do. I mean, you right. know, the game is the game. And, yeah, and speaking of the great pitching, uh, you know, Max Scherzer in his 20-strikeout game, um, we can do a whole special on that, but that took place during our off week. But that was incredible. What a what a masterful performance. I mean, he's throwing the changing of speeds that he had control over in that game and against a a quality opponent, you know. The uh if you look at the other four pitchers that have struck out that many people in a regular inning game, their game after that, they all won and they all pitched well. They of course they didn't dominate as well, but sure. uh well you have two by Clemens, uh Kerry Wood and uh, Randy Johnson. Yeah, and Randy Johnson, yeah. Yeah, Randy in the same year that he threw a perfect game against yeah, yeah. the Atlanta Braves. I was at that game. Yeah, um, all right, so coming into home, news today. Freddie Gonzalez is out as the manager of the Braves. So some quick thoughts on this. Brian Snitker steps in as the interim manager. Do you think that this is strictly interim for Snitker, or will he be legitimately considered to be the manager uh, once it goes to the offseason? Um, I think I, I thought it was really interesting that they that he is the interim. Uh, it makes some sense. He's there in um, in Gwinnett. I mean, he doesn't have to come far. Uh, right. The depending uh, on traffic. Right. Uh, the uh, <laughs> but <laughs> sorry. Still, uh, the uh, and he has some managerial experience. We were both kind of looking to see if Eddie or. Uh, Pendleton would uh, be the interim. Uh, look at it. this was inevitable that Freddie was gone. Sure. Uh, I they have both advanced somewhat. Um, the bench coach, what's his name, Tosco, was fired as well, and uh, in TP is going to take over as a bench coach, and uh, Eddie's going to be at first base. Um, that to me, I, I'll I'll enjoy seeing Eddie on the field. Uh, oh yeah, that will, uh, and maybe this is putting both of them into a position where all three of them can apply for the job. Uh, you know, when it comes open, and, and they're doing kind of service to the people inside the organization. I think right now, I would still guess that Bud Black is going to end up being the manager. You know, uh, the uh, the fact know, that Bud Black doesn't have a job right now suggests that he's probably uh maybe had a phone call or two with could have john hart or sure saying like hey uh just just sit this one out <laughs> right it's good and and bud black uh you know goes to an awful padres team and coaches them uh while they really bite you know uh does a better than uh job than people thought he could that may be what they want in atlanta as well unfortunately Right. Well, I mean, there's also, you know, we talked about this uh, in talking about the lack of minority managers, but the Coras, Alex and Joey. Oh, yeah. There's still all sorts of people that we uh, we think are qualified, really qualified yeah. uh, applicants. Uh, and um, the uh, quite frankly, I thought that I mean, that was a consideration with Freddie staying around as long as he did. Uh, but uh, yeah. The, I do think it was interesting that they got rid of Tosca. It'll be interesting to see if the rest of the, uh, you know, if if we're looking for a new pitching coach at the end of the year, 
you know, or something. There's a lot to say what's going to happen. Sure. Now, kind of a final thought. Um, it's really hard to uh, win a race when you're driving a Dodge Stratus versus a Ferrari. Do we, uh, or do you think that Freddie was given the proper assets to be successful? And I guess you can't blame this year on him at all. Exactly. He's, he's done some stupid things. He continues to have, you know, his idea of how to you know, putting Freeman batting him sixth one time. I mean, and having Ibar at the top of the lineup for so long. I mean, you know, you just see Freddie doing Freddie things over and over again. But Freddie was fired when uh, he left uh, Kimbrell in the bullpen in the playoff game. In uh, 2012? Right. That one game playoff yes, or in the when, yeah. when he didn't bring Kimbrell in, uh, his days were numbered from that point on. Yeah. Wow. That's a, that's a Machiavellian almost to, to well, think it was four years in the making. Well, I mean, what was the point firing him last year? Yeah. You know, uh, make somebody else go through this, you know? Yeah. And so if you had to put a wager on it, who is the Braves uh, manager opening day 2017? It would be a tough wager. Right now, I would say Bud Black. Yeah. All right. But, you know. And then who would be your dark horse candidate? Um, Dark horse candidate. TP. TP. Because, uh, I mean, moving him into bench coach, that is, they're at least giving him the opportunity to apply. Right. And then hopefully... You know, for and, Snitker, if he doesn't become full time, he's at least had a, a half season to audition for maybe another right. team. Although, so. you know, he's been around forever, you know, with uh, in Atlanta and with sure. years, our third base coach for a decade, it seems like. Oh, yeah. uh, the, uh, of course, everybody in Atlanta wants it to be Chipper. Right. Yeah. And, and then I that think, would be probably my dark horse candidate. And, and Chipper probably wants it to be Chipper, too. But yeah. It probably know. won't be. He likes to spend a lot of time doing recreational things, so we'll we'll have to see. It's a full time job, Coach. It yes, is a full time job. Well, all right. I'm not saying he'd be good. I'd like it, but I'm not <laughs> saying. He'd... Well, this team needs to be uh, good on a uh, kind of a I don't know if you call it a corporate level, but with that new stadium and all the issues that are coming around with the construction, I'll, I'll you, you know, they better be they better be uh, legitimate. You know, they can't be Ted Turner. Oh, let's see how Chipper does. You know. Yeah. Yeah, there needs to be a long-term plan. We, you were going to say, we need to upgrade facilities as well as well as uh, having a venue that is fan-friendly. That is not the fact that we don't have one of those pitching machines that the Marlins do, where sure. the pitch comes out of a hologram and stuff. I mean, you know, uh, why not? Yeah, you know, uh, we invest in all of everything else. You know, invest in a tool that'll make your players better. Yeah, right. Well, we'll see. It will remain to be seen what all the bells and whistles are going to be at the new stadium. You know, Right now the, we can't the... get the grass cut. Yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> and we can't build the bridge that right. gets pedestrians safely to the place where they are paying to uh, see baseball. So, yeah, a lot of interesting things remaining to be seen with that here in Atlanta. So, well, all right. Well, this is great. So, uh, you know, of course, thank you to everyone who's listening on the Internet Radio Land of SoundCloud and iTunes and watching us on our fantastic YouTube channel. Um, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Running the Base, uh, like us on Facebook, and find everything Running the Bases at our website, runningthebases.com. So, for Coach Bounds, I'm Tucker Wells. This is the Running the Bases podcast. We are coming into home and we're safe, Coach. 
You have a good night, good sir. Thank you. Good night.